feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. President Trump is lashing back at the DOJ. We're going to talk about that tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. Also, Times Square becoming a gun-free zone as crime is skyrocketing, not only in New York, but around the country. Taking your calls, especially right now on Trump and the fact that he is firing back after that DOJ filing which to me was stunning. The number to call is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. President Trump, in the last few minutes, through his legal team, saying, left unchecked, the DOJ will impugn, leak, and publicize selective aspects of their investigation with no recourse. But to somehow trust the self-restraint of currently unchecked investigators. So you can tell that President Trump is now going on the offense. And actually, I'll tell you, when I saw the DOJ filing, I really was stunned because they laid out these pictures first off on the floor. And you see it's classified information. It has top secret or classified markings on it right next to this Time magazine that's in a frame, a box of pictures in a frame. And clearly, they are out to smear this president. Clearly, they are out to also influence the judge who is going to be deciding very soon whether or not to have a special master, an independent arbitrator, decide whether or not They should be looking at the documents versus the DOJ. I contend also, by the way, that the damage has been done a lot because the DOJ has already started looking at it. And they've used what they call taint teams. This has been sort of around for a long time. These are people who are considered supposed to be separate than the investigators, but they're within the DOJ. And so what it is is basically the DOJ investigating the DOJ. And I don't care if they are, quote, impartial or supposed to be impartial or whatever. And I think there's a lot of great folks at the FBI. But clearly, a lot of the people that have been involved in these investigations of President Trump have had an agenda, have had a political agenda. And we're going to get to the one guy who, it is confirmed, no longer is at the FBI. We're going to talk about that because his attorney makes it sound like, oh, he was just retiring just happened to be when everybody was calling his name and making allegations that he was playing a role in the Hunter Biden investigation. But we're going to get to that in a moment. But as we're looking at the landscape now, clearly the DOJ can't be impartial, nor can really any company be impartial. If somebody said to you, well, I want you to be observing this, you know, on the baseball team. And I'm going to have one of your fellow players who you play with every day and you go to lunch with every day and maybe you go to dinners and parties or spend weekends with the families together. You're going to be investigating their work to make sure that everything's fair and kosher. And you are also going to be not sharing anything that's attorney-client privilege. Like if you see something that's really, you know, questionable or private conversations with the president and his attorney – 
You're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to say anything. That, to me, is completely, first of all, ridiculous, and it's wishful thinking. It ain't going to happen. Because no matter what, that person at some point may say something to his colleague at the DOJ. So why would you ever leave it for the DOJ to basically investigate itself and decide? It needs to go to an independent party. To me, there is no way around it, not just clearly for President Trump, but it needs to also go to an independent party so the American public can have faith in this investigation. Because right now, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions, and it sure looks like the DOJ is having a leak fest. It's like a leaky faucet that keeps on dripping, and they keep going and going and going, and yet they're contending with the judge who's deciding about this special master issue. They're contending with the judge that national security would come out if for some reason they have an impartial judge oversee what the DOJ gets to look at, what they get to keep, what they don't get to keep. How is that possible when they are leaking like the Niagara Falls? They're clearly leaking to MSNBC. They're clearly leaking to CNN. They've been doing this ever since the raid. And now in this document that they filed, they put out a picture. They put out a picture with here are some of these documents that they say uh, that were found in the Trump compound in Mar-a-Lago, next to these photos of President Trump clearly trying to, like, taint the jury pool and to affect the public opinion. But yet, President Trump doesn't deserve an independent arbiter to look at it all? I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. And by the way, and I have said this, they should have done this from day one. The Trump team, I think from day one, as soon as that raid happened, they should have, within minutes, called for an independent arbiter, a special master to say, wait, 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 halt all the documents. You can't even look at a single document until this independent, separate judge person looks at the documents. And unfortunately, they waited. So now the DOJ is contending, well, we've already gone through all of this. Trust us. We've gone through it. You can trust everything that we've done. How can you trust it when there are still so many questions as to why they did the raid in the first place? And how can you trust that they truly are being independent? I think even just the perception of it should be enough that they call in an independent special master. And if you have nothing questionable that you've done, why wouldn't you want to have an independent master special master who just kind of comes in And it gives it a stamp of approval. It helps to validate the process. They should have even suggested it. I mean, quite frankly, DOJ should have even brought it up before the Trump team did. If they really care about the optics and the appearance of fairness and the institution of fairness, even more importantly. And so to me, there are so many mistakes made and there's so many questions now. How can DOJ be fighting this? Because last night they dropped this long, lengthy, you know, filing saying, here's why there should not be a special master. We've already done the job. You don't need to come in. We'll be fine. Why are they fighting a special master? If you have nothing to hide, you welcome a special master, an independent party, to come in and look at it. It will help restore trust and faith in the process. What are you worried about? So to me, there's a lot of questions tonight as to why they are so vigorously feeling like President Trump doesn't deserve an independent party, and yet they can leak, 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 leak. Somehow, that doesn't seem fair to me. 
Take a listen, by the way. Here is Congressman Louis Gohmert commenting about all of this in the last few hours. Take a listen. There has never in history been a time when a president with authority to declassify declassify documents did so, and the DOJ and the intel community, unelected bureaucrats, refused to acknowledge and accept the declassification. And further, you refer to my days as a judge. I mean, I was a felon judge. I signed a lot of warrants. I turned some down because they didn't do what the Fourth Amendment required. You have to describe in the affidavit and in the application with particularity, specifically what areas to be searched and what is to be seized. They didn't bother to identify specific documents because they were on a witch hunt. They were out to try to hurt the Republican Party in this midterm. And coming up in just a few minutes here on the Rita Cosby Show, in about 20 minutes, we are going to be joined by constitutional expert and Harvard Law professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz to get his take on what he thinks of the DOJ fighting this tooth and nail and what he thinks is ahead for President Trump. And does he think that a special master should be appointed? Because the big hearing is going to take place tomorrow in a court in Florida. Meantime, if you think you're living in two different universes, and by the way, if you look at the polls, people do believe they're living in two different universes right now. This is Joyce White Vance. She's a former U.S. attorney and frequent commentator on MSNBC, and this is how she read the DOJ's reply. She didn't review it as a leaky sieve and one-sided document. She read it like it's basically the Bible. Take a listen. And laying out a very clear case for obstruction, DOJ stopped short of, of laying it in the lap of the former president. It's a little bit of an open question. Is it the responsibility of the lawyer uh, who is involved and the custodian of records who signed off on this certification in early June that all classified material had been returned? Or will they in turn point the finger at the former president? DOJ has laid the table. It's not a very attractive meal for Trump to sit down to. Wow. All right. So they're talking about meals. Are they talking about happy meals? Because remember, President Trump loves McDonald's, self-professed. He said that. But take a listen to Mary Trump. This is President Trump's niece, of course, who was involved in a lot of litigation with the family. Um, and this is how she describes her uncle. You know, Donald's a coward and a bully, and he only attacks if he believes there will be no counterattack. He's been tripped up by two things here. As Neil said earlier, uh, Garland is playing chess. Donald can only play checkers. So he's being outmaneuvered. He's also gotten tripped up by heuristics. It never occurred to Donald that somebody who looks like Merrick Garland and talks like Merrick Garland Ooh. is actually a ninja. Well, I would call Merrick Garland a lot of things. Ninja is not one of them, but I would call him a lot of other ones that are, some are four and five letter words. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to line three. Uh, let's go to Phil. Uh, your thoughts about this, Phil, as you're hearing this, my goodness. Um, you know, they think it's like the, you know, the Declaration of Independence. That's the the weight that MSNBC puts on the DOJ. 
And yet there seems to be something of a of like a concerted one sided attempt by DOJ um, basically trying to cut out any right that President Trump has. That's where I have a problem, Phil, that that as I'm looking at it, it's like the filing is like, no, 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 he doesn't need it because we've gone through it. We're fine. He doesn't deserve almost any rights is almost the way they almost put it in their filing. And that, to me, is a stunning comment for any American citizen, let alone the former president of the United States. Go ahead, Phil. Thank you. Uh, it's a very cogent point you have there. That's very good. You know, what, what amazes me is a lot of people don't see the fact that this is not a thing against Trump personally. They're not going to do anything to him. When, when, when this all comes out in the wash, it, they're, they're probably going to charge him with a little contempt charge. It's also a civil matter. It's not a criminal proceeding. And, and the more important point here is that the, the whole world is overlooking. This is not to go after Trump. This is to to cause infringement on the viability of the of the Republicans who are running for the House and the Senate to damage them because they have been backed by Trump. And the Democrats will engage on a campaign of if you are backed by Trump, you're just as dirty as him. And then you're going to see that starting after Labor Day. Well, and they're already sort of, you know, starting to do that. You could see, I mean, listen to President Biden this week. I mean, he was going all fours basically, you know, a couple of days ago, remember last weekend saying, you know, Trump supporters are semi-fascist. And then today his press secretary basically said that uh, Trump and his team are a threat to democracy. I mean, and he's going to do this big address tomorrow in uh, Pennsylvania and we'll definitely talk about that tomorrow night as well as this judge's decision. But he just he's like uh, anybody associated with MAGA is basically uh, a threat to America. I mean, that is shocking, Phil. I mean, he's already going for that. And it, it which to me is exactly what you just said. It clearly shows it's all politics for them. The whole bottom line of the whole thing is very simple. Candidates will suffer. The, the big red wave that we were hoping for is going to be more like a, a, sh- a short high tide. I, I don't think. I think a lot of people are going to use use their head the wrong way and say, you know, I think Biden's right or the Democrats are right. So we're going to lose a percentage of it. But but all we need is three people more in the Senate and five more in the House, five six more in the House. That that alone will happen. But it's going to cost Biden a lot. Well, and if you look at it, too, just as you said, Phil, that if the tide turns in the House and the Senate or one or the other, at least it kind of opens the door, at least, to investigations and to at least finally get some answers on a lot of these things that that the American public deserves. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, if you're an American, you deserve answers. And that's a lot of where I think some of these things that clearly they have just visibly ignored visibly don't even want to talk about you know it's like oh don't even question the investigation don't even question anything to do even with the wuhan lab or anything it's like don't question anything with the raid don't question i mean it's these overreach and these unbelievable moments that you have to question because we deserve answers and trump deserves answers the american public deserves answers and their track record hasn't been so good the doj of late and so to me, this is just, it, it is stunning, Phil. And the fact, when I read this response, it really was like, it was an insult. It was basically, you know, they're not 
uh, you're not he's not worthy of basically having the rights. We have all the rights and he has none. And it, it made me feel like I lived in a country with a dictator as opposed to a democracy. And that that saddened me. Phil, thank you very, very much. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And if you listen to MSNBC, particularly host Nicole Wallace... Uh, former Busher, by the way, former uh, Bush official, uh, she says that the filing by the Department of Justice basically took Trump to the cleaners because she feels, I guess like they do, that Trump has no rights. Take a listen. Prosecutors add this line. It essentially eviscerates all of Trump's defenses. Quote, the former president lacks standing to seek judicial relief or oversight as to presidential records because those records... They do not belong to him. Which is really the crux of the case, because he is allowed to declassify them at any time while he is president. And that's what he said in a statement released a little bit ago. He said, terrible the way the FBI during the raid of Mar-a-Lago threw documents haphazardly all over the floor uh, and then started taking pictures of them for the public to see Thought they wanted to keep them secret, lucky, declassified. So he's saying they are declassified. So what is the issue here? How is there a crime if he did indeed declassify them? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark from Kentucky on line six. Go ahead, Mark, your thoughts. I'm reading. Let me tell you something. I had a stroke, so forgive my voice. This has been orchestrated by the media and and this goofy nut garland. They've had enough. They're playing games that Trump has no rights whatsoever. And Stan will get on the phone and plead to God that they're looking after his rights. They're not looking after anything. And I'll share your comments with you. Thank you, Brita. Thank you. No, Mark, and thank you very much. And, you know, I agree with you. I feel that they are completely overzealous in the way that they've handled this entire thing. They haven't shown me anything that said, God, we had to go in there with a raid. This is where you maybe go through the court process. You do a civil procedure. If you really feel frustrated, you're not getting documents back, you do a civil procedure. This is not at all like the standard that we saw with Hillary Clinton. And that's why, if you look at the history of how they handled documents in the past, and there is a history because other presidents have all taken documents that at some point they had to return some. They had to say that these were declassified. There's always been this back and forth, Mark. And that's why when you look at the track record, they've never handled it like this before. And now we have 20 whistleblowers coming forward saying that a few agents there at the FBI have political agendas, some of them the same ones who were dealing with the Russia hoax and now happen to be the same ones dealing with this and were the same ones who were diminishing Hunter Biden. I mean, there's a track record here. And I still think FBI is a great agency, but there's clearly some bad apples in there that have political agendas. And clearly Merrick Garland, uh, as you aptly describe him, 
uh, doesn't seem to care about President Trump's rights. He doesn't seem to think that President Trump has any rights based on that latest document. It's like, this is what we discovered and no need for an independent arbiter. I mean, that to me is an outrageous, I think, very cocky claim on the part of Garland that he's better. He's above. He is he is above reproach. Well, I'm sorry. The American public deserve better and the former president deserves better. We're going to continue with your calls and also Alan Dershowitz after the break, giving us his take. And then I'll take your calls after that. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. A big shout out to officers in Santa Rosa, California. Santa Rosa police honored one of their own over the weekend with a commendation for saving the life of a six-year-old child who almost drowned. Earlier this month, Officer Ifran Jalil responded to a report that a child was not breathing. The girl had been playing in a neighborhood pool where she was watched by a family member. But the relative suddenly noticed that the child was jumping up and down in the pool. And then within a matter of moments, the family member noticed she wasn't coming back to the top of the water. The child was pulled out of the pool and 911 was immediately called. And nearby was Officer Jalil. As soon as he got there, he did CPR for a few minutes before the child started crying. What a great sound at that moment. When EMS arrived at the scene, they took over medical aid and transported the child to a local hospital where she has made a full recovery. And officials there at the Santa Rosa Police Department say that Officer Jaleel's quick thinking to jump a call that he wasn't assigned to and use his first aid training clearly saved the life of this child. What a beautiful story and how great are our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump because in a matter of hours, there will be a hearing taking place in Florida where a judge will decide if an independent arbiter, it's called a special master, will be assigned and she could make the decision as early as tomorrow and say, okay, I've heard from both sides because both of them did filings. And now here is my decision. She sounded inclined to be able to say that there should be an independent arbiter. It makes sense, especially with all the questions about the politicization of the Department of Justice. It makes a lot of sense. So we're going to monitor that closely tomorrow. And in just a minute or so, we are going to be joined by great legal scholar Alan Dershowitz. First, here is a comment from Julius Kim. Uh, Julius is the former assistant DA in Milwaukee on CNN, and they feel that President Trump saying that he declassified the documents. Well, Julius thinks that uh, that ain't going to fly. The government went to great lengths to point out that at every step along the way, the three times that documents were actually seized uh, from Donald Trump, there was never a claim of executive privilege. And this whole no- notion that he declassified everything at the last second to me seems like a stretch. Well, let me ask you this, Christine. If you're walking your dog and someone walks up to you and tries to grab the leash from you and says, no, that's that's my dog, what's your first reaction going to be? Your first reaction is going to be, well, wait a second, that's mine. I, I own this property. It's not going to be, go ahead, 
take my dog and then four months later decide, you know what, on second thought, I think that actually is my dog. Now, I don't know if that's a great analogy or not, but it seems ridiculous that now he's trying to claim executive uh, or uh, that he declassified these documents when he could have and should have made that argument from the very get go. It depends what the dog is like, by the way. If it's like a, I had a dog one time growing up. He was like biting every neighbor, everybody. I was like, please take my dog. Most of my dogs were nice and lovely, but maybe you want to give away the dog in that particular case to somebody who can handle that. So that's a whole other matter. But here's a little more of Julius Kim talking, and he basically says that the DOJ is 100% right. This entire situation started off with a simple request uh, by an administrative agency to get some government documents back from the president and that they had they were simply trying to get some documents back. But this ultimately led to a criminal investigation because for one reason or another, former President Trump refused to give these documents back. Uh, the, the brief outlines just how patient the government was in trying to get these documents back uh, and just how Trump, how deceitful Trump was in trying to get these documents back to them. All right. So I'll to me, there are so many questions with this guy. First off, the dog story was questionable, but now we'll get back to this one. So how can he say, how does he know that the documents weren't declassified? He doesn't know. And why is he not bringing up the example of Hillary Clinton? Why is he not bringing up the example of Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton lost the nuclear football, apparently, for several weeks at least. And nobody, like, wouldn't that be a national security risk? Hillary Clinton had top secret documents on her computer that were bleach bed. They were on the server in her home. They never went after her. Did you ever see them saying, okay, you know, we're going to do a perp walk with her and we're going to raid her home and we're going to do it? They never, no. So the double standard is so transparent. And that's why in some of the latest polls, People are saying this is over the top, that it looks political. I agree with that. And I think, you know, the way they have handled this case hasn't done anything to diminish my thoughts of that. If anything, it has only increased my thoughts of that. And here is Mercedes Schlapp, who used to walk work in the Trump White House and, of course, with CPAC. And she said this is unbelievable. And the American public sees right through what DOJ is doing. The DOJ is not winning in the court of public opinion. At the end of the day, we want to see transparency. At the end of the day, what does the DOJ have to hide? Why not allow for the special master? Let that be the independent judge, basically, to look at these documents and determine what's executive privilege, what's attorney-client privilege, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, as we know right now, the DOJ being perceived as a political institution weaponizing and using their power and also leaking information out through this process, which, of course, I think is creating a lot of mistrust in this process. And joining us now to discuss all of this is acclaimed Harvard Law School professor emeritus and also author of The Price of Principle, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Great to have you here. Always great to be on your show, Rita. What's your reaction um, to all these latest filings by DOJ? And of course, tomorrow is going to be the hearing on whether or not President Trump should get a special master, an independent party. What's your thoughts? Well, the Justice Department is trying to have it both ways. They want to redact things that they don't want the public to see. And then they put other material in their pleadings, which are designed, obviously, to prejudice the judge and prejudice the general public against Trump. They get to pick and choose uh, what they have made public, what they keep private. 
And that's what the government has done often. Um, you know, and they cry wolf. They claim things are national security and essential to the country. You know, I've been through this before. I was one of the lawyers in the Pentagon Papers case where the government said if the Pentagon Papers were published, uh, it would cause great harm to our national security. They were published. And as far as I know, no harm was caused. So it's an attempt to try to push the judge and the public against uh, against Donald Trump. Do you think the judge will be inclined? It seemed like she was inclined to grant the request for an independent party, a special master. Well, it should be granted without a doubt. Can you imagine what would happen if a member of the Justice Department, the guy who has lunch with the prosecutors every day, and he's part of the tank team, and he reads a lawyer-client privileged email, but it has juicy stuff about Trump in it, stuff that might hurt his chances of being reelected. Do you really think that would remain secret? I mean, the idea that clients will continue to talk to me as their lawyer, if they know that the government through a taint team will get to read, hear, listen to what they told me, the lawyer-client privilege will, will disappear. Absolutely. No, you're right. It's like, how could and how could that happen? I mean, it's inconceivable to think that they are going to have this sort of separate wall. Um, I want to ask, though, to that point, the Department of the Department of Justice has essentially said we've gone through it already. Um, is it too late to have a special master that maybe everything's already been looked at? Well, it's too late to preserve the lawyer client privilege, but it's not too late to have a special master uh, assess the Justice Department. The Justice Department shouldn't have the last word about whether something's privileged or not. They obviously are advocates, and they're zealous advocates. They are taking sides. A special master, a former judge, is supposed to be neutral, and it's much, much better to have a special master. That's what the judge did in New York, pointing a special master. In the Cohen case, it worked very well, and there's no reason it shouldn't be done tomorrow. And Professor Dershowitz, what do you think of the fact that the FBI, at least one or several of its agents, sort of uh, alleged to have been playing politics? They're no longer there. What What's your take on well, some of these good. whistleblowers? That's a good thing. I think the fact that uh, this most recent one was forced to resign, that Strzok, who said we needed an insurance policy against Trump ever being elected, people like that should not be in the FBI. Or if they are, they shouldn't be in any investigative part of the FBI. Investigations have to be non-political. The FBI should be non-political neutral. And it's not. I mean, there are people, they're human beings, there are people who have very strong views about Trump. Who doesn't have strong views about Trump? Uh, and uh, they shouldn't be allowed to participate in an investigation of somebody they have strong views about, either pro or con. And finally, where do you think this is going, Professor Dershowitz, the investigation? Until yesterday, I thought it was going nowhere. No president, former president, future presidential candidate would ever be indicted on technical classification or improper possession of material. That doesn't satisfy either the Richard Nixon standard, where you don't go after a former president unless there's consensus in both parties, or the Hillary Clinton standard. You know, you have to show a great difference between what she did and what, what he is alleged to have done. But Today's, yesterday's filing, last night's filing, um, suggests that they're looking at him for obstruction of justice. And, you know, they didn't present the evidence. So I don't know whether there is a strong case for 
for <clears throat> obstruction of justice, but that would qualify if there were real evidence of destruction, willful destruction of documents, etc. That would provide a strong basis for um, further investigation and possible indictment. <clears throat> wow. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, Professor yep. Dershowitz, most importantly, tomorrow's your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> and thank you so much for being with us. Uh, my pleasure. 84 years old, my 50th book. So have me back next year. I'll have, probably have my 52nd book. No, you'll probably have your 60th book by then, knowing your track <laughs> record. You're amazing. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you so much. Very 84. He sounded really good. It was great to have him here on the show. And can you believe he's done 50 books? That is amazing. And great to get his perspective. I couldn't believe what he had just said. Uh, great to have the Professor Dershowitz here, where he was saying that after yesterday, you just heard him with me, too, uh, where he was saying that he believes they are looking at obstruction of justice. And other legal experts say they believe he is looking at obstruction of justice and also espionage. And the key, though, with this obstruction of justice claim, I was looking at it earlier. This is interesting because you would have to show that the president, President Trump, quote, willfully broke the law. And if he says that he declassified it, that could basically undermine a lot of it and can prove that it basically was declassified or show that there was a pattern of how he did this. You would have to really show intent. You can't just suddenly say, well, OK, somebody destroyed this. But unless you show clear sort of evil intent, almost, they use the phrase sort of over the top. It has to be with such animus. And it would also have to show that, indeed, others who have done something similar in that position, that you've never done, you know, you've that this isn't a different standard. So I think they may have trouble with the first. I think they will clearly have trouble with the second because two words come to mind. Hillary Clinton. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George on line four. Uh, George, your thoughts about all this? Rita, it's the same thing. I mean, look, if you don't like Trump, fine. Okay. A lot of people don't. But can't you give the guy, say, this guy is right and you're just trying to crucify him. you got Hunter Biden smoking crack on video or prostitutes, but nothing is said. What more do you need to know what's fair or what's not? Yeah, by the way, George, you know I agree with you because I feel like it is an unbelievable blatant double standard. I mean, what more proof do you need? If, if uh, one of Trump's kids jaywalked, they'd be all over it. It's just so people are just stupid, Rita, and it's corruptness. It, it's all uh, hoodwinking or whatever you want. Everybody's in on it. You don't like somebody. Well, you know what? How would you let anybody like anybody to gang up on your family? You know what? Would they do to that family ganging up for no reason? Now, let let me ask you, George, to to your point, do you believe um, based on and I agree, they clearly seems to be a double standard if your last name is Trump or Clinton. Um, Do you believe that tomorrow when this judge makes a ruling that she will at least Put a special master in, and at least I feel like at least that's something. I mean, my goodness, to me, that shouldn't even be up for debate. And it makes it sound like to me there's something a little fishy, even more so about the DOJ's case. If they're putting all this stuff out there to clearly influence public opinion, trying to, I mean, 
for people who say we can't put anything out there for national security, it's awfully ironic that they're taking pictures and strewning the papers on the floor. That's a little, you know, so that you kind of can't have it both ways, DOJ. And then on the other hand, you know, if you have nothing to hide, why would you be fighting for an independent special master. To, to me, George, there's something really uncomfortable about that. Like, he doesn't deserve an impartial judge. That's basically what they're saying. Like, they're good enough to trust us. We'll be fine. That's like, you know, uh, trust me, you know, Mr. Lincoln, you know, you're going to enjoy the play. You know, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the old street smart, you know. How stupid can you be to say it's unfair? Like I said, you don't like Trump, fine. But would you like it, this being done to you, your family, or whoever? People, I mean, I mean, it's so clear-cut. It's just very aggravating. And these people will do anything to get this guy. And that's all it is. Thank you, George, very much. Well, that's why he definitely needs to go on the offense and turn the tide and fight back with tooth and nail. Because clearly these people are looking for anything and everything on what clearly looks even more and more like a fishing expedition. Now, President Trump, by the way, guys, did put out a statement a little bit ago uh, saying terrible way that the FBI during the raid of Mar-a-Lago threw documents haphazardly all over the floor, perhaps pretending that it was me that did it. So he says it wasn't like that when they came in. And in fact, his attorney was on a show earlier in the night and I saw her saying, no, 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 he doesn't have it. It doesn't look like that. You know, he's usually pretty neat, from, you know, from what I've seen, too. You know, it's usually very neat, meticulous. So they're making it look like it was just sort of there. And he's saying, no, that it looks like they may have done that during the raid to per, or perhaps intend, pretend uh, that it was him that kind of just had him strewn all over the place um, and then started taking pictures of them for the public to see. Thought they wanted to keep them secret. And he says, lucky, declassified. In other words... You know, if they're so protective of it, why are they not protective when they're trying to make a case against Trump? Uh, let's go to Adam um, in Connecticut, online two. Adam, your thoughts? Hey, Rita. Yeah, I'm a, de- I'm a defense attorney in uh, Connecticut. <clears throat> and, I mean, you know, regardless of politics, and, and certainly, you know, everyone's got an opinion, the obstruction of, just- of justice charge that is facing uh, at least his attorneys, because, you know, they signed a very um, – kind of sworn affidavit and legally when you do that and then they come back and they find continued um you know you know corroborative crimes basically which in this case was they were given a subpoena to find top secret documents doesn't matter if they were the, the subpoena was for anything labeled top secret okay so if they knowingly told you signed this affidavit and it turned out that in case was not um you know there were actually still there and anyone knew about it you know the the lawyers are facing. They're they're getting. They're calling their criminal attorneys right now because they're facing criminal charges easily disbarment. And All right. I, you know, so so Adam, because you are a defense attorney, um, yeah. two things. One thing is, first off, you're saying if they knew about it, you did say that because that, as you know, intent is very important in this too. So mm-hmm. so. They could have been told by President Trump, no, I gave it I gave it all back. I gave all the classified documents back. So so that's on Trump then. Right. That's what I'm saying. He could have said that. And maybe in his mind, he thinks they are uh, declassified what he has. Yeah, but they found uh, top secret documents in his desk. So 
What? Wait, wait, Adam, hold on one second. What they found in his desk, according to them, I guess, you know, and then strewn on the floor, you know, again, according to. Well, no, those, are, know, those are those are crime scene photos. Those yeah. are, that's what a, a, those are crime scene. Well, photos. he's saying he's saying I hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is he's saying the documents on the floor were not like that. Like, that's not how his office looks they were, like right, they said a lot it of up. them were in his desk. Right, right, right. right. Is, hang on, Adam, Adam, on hang on, hang on. I got it. What I'm saying to you is that you would still have to prove that just because they are marked top secret doesn't mean that he didn't think he had declassified them. Because well, they were, uh, let me, I'll, let me, I'll you, you see where I'm saying, you I'll see where I'm that. going. That, that. I'm just saying, if I'm, if, if you're defending Trump, what would you say? In fact, do me a favor, Adam, stick with us because we got to go to a quick break. I want you to stay with me because I want to hear your thoughts about this because I, I value your opinion. Stay with us. We're going to continue with Adam, defense attorney from Connecticut after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show, talking about the war of words and court filings with President Trump over the raid tomorrow. A big decision in court. Will they indeed possibly appoint a special master? And do they have a case? 1-800-848-9222. Let's continue with Adam, a defense attorney in Connecticut. Um, Adam, sorry about that. I had to go to a break, uh, a hard break. But I want to have you continue just to, if you were representing Trump, what would you do now? So what I would be doing right now is uh, going to everybody in Trump's cabinet, you know, everyone who's working within the White House during the period when they actually, he became possession of those uh, files. And what the Defense should be doing is submitting very, very soon, I would imagine the next few days, um, filings that show the uh, paper trail basically for the declassification of those files. And once you could show that, then they'll be able to say, okay, well, we didn't, you know, we haven't brought this up before, but here is, here are the people who were present when he declassified it, et cetera. Because, you know, the part of the thing is you have to, you have to basically tell, say it, you can't, you have to basically say this is declassified. And then there's a whole process they go through. Now, you know, now, you know, what's interesting, Adam, and what's unusual about this, and this actually came about as a result of uh, President Bush and also uh, George W. Bush and also Obama, that they basically said a president can declassify at any time verbally. So the question is, I guess, right. the question is what kind of a paper trail could there be? Or, you know, I mean, well, it'll be interesting. It. Yep, who heard so, it? Because basically yep. someone would have to go on, someone would have to go and, and sw- under sworn testimony would have to say, I heard Trump, you know, do that. And so that's where the legal jeopardy is. If someone's willing to put their their you know, because that becomes a criminality if they lie about it. So someone has to come forward. And I'm surprised that no one's come forward yet and said we, we were there when when Trump declassified these things. I, I don't know why they haven't. Uh, why at the very beginning of the, his defense attorneys? I, I think he's not. He doesn't have. I, I, I'm frustrated with his defense because that should have been immediately uh, in the discussion saying. He, you know, Trump has these things. They're declassified. They're not national security. Yeah, and no, I think he would be off the hook. That's a great point. Adam, thank you. You got to call back again. You are terrific. And we're going to continue with your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Since when I saw you die. 
Well, buckle up, because tomorrow night, President Biden is scheduled to deliver a primetime speech. He's going to be doing it from Independence Hall. And remember, this is the president who ran on being what he called basically a uniter in chief. Let's stop this divisive talk. Let's do, you know, go after the tweets of President Trump. That's why he said America needs somebody who's going to get along with everybody and not resort to name calling. Right. Well, he has changed his tune for sure, because boy, is he like slamming anybody that has anything to do with President Trump. And so tomorrow he is going to be doing a speech uh, from Independence Hall for what he calls the battle for the soul of the nation, because clearly Joe Biden knows what the soul of the nation is and nobody else does other than Joe Biden. And to me, I think it is unbelievable the rhetoric that he has had against anybody who is supportive of President Trump. Um, has, I think it's been shameful. Like in the last week in particular, he's gone after Trump supporters basically saying that they're un-American, uh, that they are semi-fascist, uh, that they provoke violence. Uh, I mean, it's been outrageous comments from this president, especially somebody who said that he was going to run on a kinder, gentler president. That was his pitch, basically, to America uh, when he was running. And now he is coming out and he is slamming every which way but loose. And you know, tomorrow night when he does this primetime address, the White House basically said, expect more of the same. That he's on a roll lately and expect more of the same. So, boy, I can't wait to hear what he says tomorrow night. But let's hope when he gets his words out tomorrow night that he actually talks about the right thing. This is astounding to me. Here he is last night. Here's a preview of probably what's coming tomorrow. And he was talking about anybody who wants to have a gun, about the Second Amendment. Now, I assume he's talking about an AR-15 But instead, when he started slamming anybody who has guns, he talked basically saying that they want to have a jet. (laughs) So take a listen. I don't think people want to use a fighter jet uh, to protect their homes. But but take a listen to what the president said. And for those brave right wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. Boy, that would be quite impressive. If we all had F-15 fighter jets at our home, we certainly would be very safe. I mean, this is incredible. He can't even keep the lingo correct. And he's trying to mock people on Second Amendment rights and say that they need a fighter jet to basically protect their house, and that's what they want. He can't even keep it straight. And then he also said that it's unfair for people to be criticizing FBI agents who may be political and may have been playing politics with the raid against President Trump. And God forbid it come from a president who has allowed his party and he himself have called for defunding the police. It's on audio. It's on video. You hear it over and over again. He said it. And many people in his party continue to say it. He's never condemned it. He's never condemned the riots of the summer of 2020. And yet last night he's out there. Oh, well, now we need to fund the police because it's right around the midterms. And he knows how bad crime is and that people are fed up with it. But also 
take a listen because now he's like, how dare anybody question the FBI? Like now he is Mother Teresa. Take a listen. But now it's sickening to see the new attacks on the FBI threatening the life of law enforcement agents and their families for simply carrying out the law and doing their job. Look, I want to say this as clear as I can. There's no place in this country, no place for endangering the lives of law enforcement. No place. Yeah, where was he? During the protests in the summer of 2020, well, you know where he was? He was cheering on them, and he continues to call them demonstrators, not protesters, not rioters. Same with his vice president. Same with a lot of people in the Democratic Party. They have never continued to say it was completely out of line. And when those police officers were getting attacked and beaten in the streets of New York or in Philly or wherever it was, they didn't say anything. And now suddenly, when President Trump is criticizing, saying that a number of FBI agents may have been politicized, and guess what? It's not even just Trump. There are 20 whistleblowers within the FBI and DOJ that have come forward to members of Congress. So it's not just Trump just saying it. There are actual whistleblowers who are in senior positions, according to Senator Grassley and also Senator Johnson and Congressman Jim Jordan, they have gone on record and said these guys, and they even called out the guy who suddenly was walked out of the building a few days ago. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And listen, the agency, I think the FBI, there are so many great men and women in law enforcement, but they clearly have a few bad apples. I can name a few, starting with Peter Strzok. I mean, there's already an evidence and a track record here. And Congressman Troy Nell's said that, guess what, that Democrats clearly will do anything to keep Trump out of office. Take a listen. And what this administration is doing, what Garland and Christopher Wray is doing, is they're turning this against Donald Trump and and, and the Republican Party, quite honestly. They're going after conservatives. They're going after their boss's most, I guess, the, the, the adversary that will beat him in 2024, and that's Donald Trump. So none of it surprises me, quite honestly. Let's not think that this should be a surprise. The Democrats will do anything and everything they can to destroy Donald Trump and our country. And we're seeing it unfold in front of us. And the congressman also said that he blames the leadership. He blames Merrick Garland, the attorney general, and Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, who have allowed politics with at least some of their agents to go unchecked. The FBI has had a long history of doing wonderful work, being really the lead, the top law enforcement agency in the country. And so now you have leaders that have taken it over. Christopher Wray and and Garland and everybody with the DOJ have weaponized the FBI. They've used it to go after their political opponents and their adversaries. So they have weaponized the FBI. And guess what? There clearly have been people who have played politics. We know it with the Russian hoax. At least some of them have. It's clear as day. I mean, we know it. They falsified information. Their text messages saying they can't have Trump elected. Sounds like President Biden. (laughs) 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts, everybody? Let's go to Sal uh, from New Jersey on Line 7. Go ahead, Sal. Yeah, I, I, I listened to that defense attorney from Connecticut. Yep. And I think they're turning things on their head here. If 
I were advising Trump, I would advise Trump not to present witnesses at this point. He's shadow boxing. He doesn't really know what the allegations are. Yeah, that's a great point. It may be too early. And then you're tipping your hand. Well, not only are you tipping your hand, Rita, in the federal system, it's not like the state systems where you get open discovery. In the federal system, you don't even know, you don't even get discovery regarding their witnesses until, you know, a couple of days before they testify. If you have a good judge, you might get it 10 days. And it's called like Jenks material. Yes, yes. And, and here, what, what, they're really, what they're really doing is they're turning, you know, he's presumed innocent. It's their burden of proof. They've dropped this specter of, it, of obstruction of justice. And, you know, he, he's, not, he's ill-advised to show his hand before he knows what the allegations are. And any defense attorney worth his soul, you know, if, if, for example, if he declassified, if he claims, and I, I, don't, I, I don't protest to have any expertise on how documents are declassified or not, but if he brought people in who said right now, well, he said to me they were disclassified. What would happen is the FBI or the Department of Justice actually would subpoena these people before the grand jury. And they'd start interviewing them at this point. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're I'm, tipping. Exactly. You're giving them. Now, let me ask you, Sal. You're, are you an attorney as well? Yes, I am. So what would you do um, if you were defending the president right now? What would you do? Uh, well, we've we've talked a couple of times about this. I, I do pretty much. I would have made a motion to recuse this magistrate. I would have made a motion for a special master to the extent that that's helpful. Which he and has done, help. by the way, which will be decided probably tomorrow. Well, that part. He actually filed. He actually filed a lawsuit. I would have made a motion to return property, and I would do the impossible. I tell him to shut his mouth. <laughs> and, 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 and not do these tweets and stuff. The question is, is he fighting a legal battle or a political battle? Well, what you do know, you think? He, I think I well, think clearly it's a combination of both. Absolutely. I, I think that's right. But a, a good lawyer, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this gentleman, Adam, is not a good lawyer, uh, but a good lawyer. And by the way, that's not his him, lawyer. He was just calling in. You know, that was his opinion. No, no, no I understand that. A good, a good lawyer would be telling him at this point, you know, hold your cards close to the vest. Let's wait to see where this really goes. You know, uh, Professor Dershowitz, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and, you know, has you know says, look, there may or may not be indictment. Nobody's going to know anything until we really get an unredacted affidavit. And even at that point, you're not going to know enough. Exactly. And well, we we got the unredacted, but there's so many lines on it. Now, let me ask you, Sal, and I know I'm asking you to read the tea leaves here, but where do you think this is headed? Because um, Dershowitz said he's not sure, but he thinks they're making a case for obstruction. Other people have said that they see that they're going to make a case for obstruction and espionage um, and they also make the case, and these are people who are even close to President Trump. We had Dick Morris, you know, who's an advisor for Clinton and also has been an advisor for Trump. And Dick said 
and we ran the clip here on the show, I remember last week, he said that he believes that Trump will be indicted because all you have to do is bring it to Washington, D.C., which is, you know, 92 or 93 percent Democrat. Uh, You can indict, you know, a ham sandwich and a turkey sandwich at the same time. You know, if you bring it there before, uh, you know, before a grand jury there. So I know you're reading the tea leaves, but where do you see this as an attorney? Where do you see this sort of headed, Sal? Just uh, personally, it's interesting to hear. Some of the most preeminent defense attorneys in New Jersey who I've spoken to this about do feel he's going to be indicted, and some don't. I, you know, I'm just hoping, and, and you made such a cogent point when you were talking about, you know, Biden, when he ran, he was not going to be divisive, et cetera. And an indictment here in this climate is an absolute disaster. Whether they'll go, whether they'll go that far, I don't know. But in order to convict Trump for obstruction of justice, they're going to have to prove that he willfully obstructed justice. I believe the willfulness will allow him to say, look, I saw what they did with Hillary Clinton. I saw what they did with Bill Clinton. I saw what they did with that one. And my belief was that what I was doing was legal. And right. I didn't willfully do anything. So I think it's good. I think there are more legal issues here than Carter has liver pills. <laughs> right. I, and, I, and I really think that, you know, it's unfortunate that Mr. Trump doesn't have uh, Mr. Dershowitz uh, representing him at this point. And people who are, you know, real constitutional scholars who can, you know, who can really hone in on these issues. You know, Alan Dershowitz, you know, everybody, you know, looks at him. Alan Dershowitz was one of the preeminent defense attorneys. Forget about professors in the country. Oh, no doubt. He did Von Bulow and he did all these people. You know, unfortunately, he's 84 years old now and he sounds as sharp, sounds as sharp as a whip. But. You know, to try a case and to get involved in this takes a tremendous amount of stamina. He may or may not have it. Who knows? But by the way, by the way, he did work with Trump, remember, on one of the impeachment uh, cases. Remember, he was there making a comment. So and he was one of the t- attorneys. So who knows? Um, and also, uh, President Trump has just recently brought in a guy named Jim Trusty, who was a former uh, federal prosecutor, someone in the U.S. attorney's office and now um, is on his team. So it looks like the president is bringing in some of those. But you're right. We Let's see if he brings in a Dershowitz or someone else uh, just to add to the team, because it is clearly getting very, very complex. Um, but your point is an interesting one. You know, you know, Sal, you brought up a really powerful point. He could say, first of all, I declassified them, which it seems he's indicating. The other is, I saw what Hillary and Bill and others have done and... They seem to be okay, so that seems to be – it's almost like that was the pattern, and, and that seemed to be legal then, So and okay then, so why isn't it okay now? It's almost exposing the double standard um, intent issue. So that that is fascinating. Sal, thank you very much. you got to call back again. You are terrific. 1-800-848-9222, and we'll continue with your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just heard from, I thought, two great legal minds who called in here. 
Sal and Adam, they're awesome, both of them. You guys have to call back again. I love to hear all the different legal perspectives and very different ways that they would handle the case if they were defending Trump. Well, this is what Congressman Andy Biggs had to say because he said he was outraged when he saw the DOJ document that now we've all seen in the last 24 hours where it basically shows all these marked top secret documents strewn all over the floor next to pictures from Time magazine and a whole bunch else. And he says it gave a very false impression that Trump was just kind of strewning top secret things all over the floor. Hey, if you happen to walk into Mar-a-Lago, even if you're just uh, looking as a tourist, you're going to stumble on top secret documents. And this is how Andy Biggs portrayed the release by DOJ. And I find it to be uh, almost comical, uh, kind of a uh, a heavy handed uh, or ham handed way to try and and sway the public here. Uh, at the same time, they're claiming things like he doesn't have standing uh, as the former president of the United States uh, to even uh, request a special master when it's his home that was searched and these doc and documents that may belong to him legitimately. That is a stunning comment and such an arrogant comment, I think, to say that he does not have standing. He's the guy whose home was raided. He is someone who is the target of their investigation, and yet he doesn't have standing. Like, nobody has any rights in America. Are we in Russia? Where are we? 1-800-848-9222. And here's Congressman Ken Buck of Florida taking a swipe at Attorney General Merrick Garland. I think it's incredibly uh, unfortunate that uh, Merrick Garland goes before the public and says that he's going to be transparent involving the search warrant uh, and the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Then uh, they redact the search warrant affidavit, so hardly any information can be gleaned from that search warrant affidavit. And then they leak information to the public to try to create uh, a narrative around President Trump, a negative narrative. Um, and, and I think uh, what we need is we need to actually hold Merrick Garland to his word and be transparent. Let let the public see what was going on. You can't make judgments based on leaks. And that's all we've got at this point. And that's what we got a lot of at this point. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan, uh, line eight. Stan, your thoughts about this. Those two lawyers that just, and I'm not a lawyer, those two lawyers that just called really don't know nothing what's going on. Because Merrick Garland is pretty smart, okay? He's redacted what he's done and so forth. They guessed, well, maybe he'll do this. Uh, I don't understand why he's doing that. Basically, they're trying to figure out what, he, what he's doing. and what's tr- The point is this. The Attorney General of the United States is handling this thing exactly as it's supposed to be held. Now, tomorrow, as you said, they're going before a judge. Oh, Rita. Uh, by the way, is the judge a Trump appointee or a Democrat appointee? You seem to like to do that. What, no, by the way, it? by the way, I know for a fact that it is a Trump appointee. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Isn't so hang on, hang on a second. Rita. Hang on a second. Uh-huh, Rita. Hang now on a second. Not talk Sam, about that, no, no, right? no. I'm happy to talk about that because I've mentioned it before. I, I was just waiting for you to stop insulting previous callers. I was waiting for you to take a, a breath. But anyway, now. Back onto the real topic, because obviously I thought Adam and Sal were extremely smart and extremely sharp and clearly seasoned attorneys. But let's just put it this way. Tomorrow we will maybe see that the guy has a chance, has justice. Don't you think if it was you, wouldn't you want an independent arbiter, Stan, real quick? No. Oh, you wouldn't. 
Oh, no. well, then, then, then you're dumber than I think you have ever been, Stan. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You don't want an independent party? You want to be grilled, skewered? What, are you kidding me? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the show, where we honor our great military men and women and also their families. A powerful story coming from Rochelle, Illinois, where as a partner with the Department of Defense Vietnam War commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the Vietnam War, the National Society of the Daughters of the American Revolutionary Revolution Uh, had the opportunity to honor five Vietnam veterans from the Elgin Post 57 American Legion Riders with special certificates of recognition and lapel pins to honor their service. All of the veterans served in the U.S. Armed Forces between November 1st, 1955 and May 15th, 1975. And one of the organizers said, it's important that we honor the sacrifices and the service of our bravest and always give of our time and talents to celebrate the lives of our brothers and sisters of service who, in the name of freedom, have given so much to our citizenry and have made America both a great nation and a beacon of hope for people all around the world. How beautifully said and bravo to those folks from the Daughters of the American Revolution in Rochelle, Illinois. And by the way, everybody, I am proudly supporting the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run New York City again this year, which is on Sunday, September 25th, and I need your help. Help us to remember those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's Final footsteps, and we're going to do it together. And it's simple to support my team and support this incredible organization. All you have to do is go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline.com, and donate to my team. All the proceeds go to the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. I am trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network and most importantly, raise the most amount of money to help our great heroes. Thank you so much for your support because together we are going to be able to make a big difference. Again, go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate today and make a difference and help this incredible, great organization, Tunnels to Towers. Well, you just heard from Stan, who thinks uh, he's smarter than everybody else who calls here. Uh, Clearly, um, insulting the past callers is not the way to go, Stan, but we always love your calls, and we love taking it from everybody, and that's what America is. It's about hearing from everybody and hearing all sides. And tomorrow night... We're going to hear from President Biden, and he is claiming that he was the unifier in chief, that he was the guy who's going to be able to bring people together and no name calling. Meanwhile, he's called anybody who supported President Trump semi-fascist, and he basically said that tomorrow will be an address to the country to fight for the soul of the nation because his version is the only version that matters for the soul of the nation it seems, according to the White House. And they doubled down today. Corinne Jean-Pierre also doubled down and said, you know what, Um, the democracy is at stake. 
and President Biden is there to defend it. He can't even keep his line straight that he reads on a cue card. And he's the guy battling for democracy. He's Superman at this time. Boy, are we in trouble. 1-800-848-9222. So let's go to Dean in Jersey City. Dean, uh, your thoughts. I'm trying to recuperate after Stan's call. Go ahead, Dean. Rita, thanks for the opportunity. I am a diehard Republican, voted for Trump two times, but I think we're falling right into the Democrats' uh, trap. I think we're wasting too much time talking about the hit job. I think we should get back to the basics and start talking about Biden's failed policies, such as the border, crime, you know, and so on. And uh, You know, you you make a good point, Dean, because you're right, it's distracting. On one hand, uh, the idea of a former president being sort of, uh, you know, dealt with in a very heavy-handed um, and they claim it was the least intrusive, which, again, if you look at history, that clearly isn't the case, um, manner, uh, that is a major issue. Um, but you're right. There are many other really important issues out there, uh, like inflation and crime. And we're going to be talking about crime shortly, by the way, too. Um, but you're right. In sure, a way, it most, takes away from it. You're right. The most important thing is that we have to win back the Senate or the House or both because if we don't do that, we're in big, 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 big trouble. So we should start talking about all the things that this guy's doing wrong. Well, and that and there's a long list there, Dean, too. So it thank, sure is. Yeah. What would you think, put at the top? By the way, Dean, what would you put at the top of that list? Well, I would think crime. Crime is brutal. The border is terrible. How could they go on TV this Corrine, whatever her name is, and talk about how they're not walking across the border. How come Fox is the only channel that'll process and show everything that's going on? Everybody else is blind, you know? You you know what? You're right that that it is very limited. And if you go to, you know, some of the other media, like an MSNBC or CNN, you don't even see it. You know, I mean, it's like as if what's happening at the border doesn't even, you know, register because the White House – is sort of, hey, look over here. Don't look at the border. You know, they haven't even said the word border. You know, it's and you're right. We can't lose sight of what a huge issue that is and what a major national security risk that is, too, indeed, as well, because that to me is an enormous concern. Um, Dean, thank you very much. Great call. Thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Patrick on line six. Patrick, your thoughts. Yes, yeah, so I'm a retired NYPD detective. I've had extensive experience dealing with famous but incompetent FBI who have evolved or devolved into a little more than a Best Buy geek squad with guns and badges. If they were any good, the World Trade Center would still be standing. And I'd also like to point out that they uh, but, but are you know what? arresting... But, but you know what? But you know what, Patrick? Um, you you talked about if they were any good or whatever. They, you know, they did get tips or things that came out. Um, but there were so many things that were coming at them at that time. You know, I mean, that's why that's that I think is a little unfair to say, oh, God, you know, the, the Twin Towers would be standing if if they were not, you know, if they were able to react or to do, you know, they clearly obviously missed some intelligence. But it sounded like a lot of people did. And a lot of people, it was hard to connect the dots at that time. That's a little bit, I think, of a stretch in this case. But but I appreciate your call. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts. Go ahead, Jim. 
Biden did unify the people. He unified, unified the Maoists, the Stalinists, the Trotskyites, the Marxists, the Marxist-Leninists, the Communists. They're all unified with 60 genders. They are winning. They got the Enviro-Leninist movement. A- April 22nd, that's Earth Day. That's also Lenin's birthday, the guy that founded the Soviet Union. This is a major, it's, it's not even an underground, it's an above-ground movement that people are ignoring. They just don't see it. The Soviet press for 80 years called anybody who opposed the Soviets, they were called Nazis and fascists. The American communist press, when they worked against Reagan and everybody else, they were calling them all fascist, racist, and Nazis. And now that's mainstream in the Democrat Party. What did Gus Hall say, the Communist Party leader? The best way to help the cause of communism is through the liberal wing of a Democratic Party. The whole Democrat Party is far left. Most of them are Marxist or Marxoids. They're following strategies that were written about as goals of the communist movement. They wrote they're going to use the strategies of Antonio Gramsci. They're going to use Czechoslovakia in 1948 as the model. And uh, they're also going to use Golitsyn strategies. I know people don't know what those three strategies are, but they should look it up. We well, Jimmy, really Jimmy, 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 what do you make of the fact that um, with this philosophy that, that you obviously are you know, a student and study and, and look at these, not, not abiding by it, but studying it and looking at it, what are your thoughts about the fact that tomorrow he's saying he is going to address uh, a moment because right now they're fighting for the soul of a nation and he's using the phrase semi-fascist. I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but but when you hear him saying that he's fighting for the soul of the nation like he is the guy who's fighting for it, um, to me, that there's something really unseemly about that. Like he's the guy who knows the soul and Somebody, you know, you don't have soul if you don't, you know, you don't care about this country. You're un-American if you don't listen to Biden kind of thing. Well, that's the goals of the Antonio Gramsci strategy. They got to penetrate the culture, the religion, the media, the schools, the churches, everything, and change how people think. It was a long-range strategy, and they call it building a counter-hegemony. The hegemony they were working against was the media, the schools, and culture that was pro-America, right? So how do you turn it around, Jim? Jim, how do you turn it around? It's very hard. First, people have to be alerted to it. They have to be alerted. The left has their people fired up. They've got to destroy our energy sector to save the planet. They've got to destroy this against racism. They've got to go after the parents who oppose the perversion, subversion of their children. So they get their people fired up, angry, hate-filled, and fearful. Our side thinks this is just a simple election between Democrats and Republicans. So the Demo- I'm not saying Biden's a genius. He's not. But he was put in, he was put in the Senate. The group that put him in the Senate and has been advising him ever since, Council for Livable World, that was, that was a communist group. It, it's very, you know, it's simple stuff if people pay attention. But it's, but it's, hard, to, but it's hard to turn it around, Jim. You know, it is. And, and, and we're seeing it as you're talking about encroaching in schools and tr- encroaching in all different areas of, uh, of uh, our lives. And we're going to be talking uh, a lot about um, that in the coming days, too, and definitely following it. Call me tomorrow, Jim, after you hear his uh, speech where he fights for the soul of the nation. And tell us what you think then, too, Jim. It's always great to get your perspective. Let's go to Alice on line two in Cincinnati. Alice, your thoughts. Hello. I always enjoy Jimmy, by the way. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yes, he's wonderful. You always learn. But how can someone who claims he's going to fight for the soul of the nation. This is a man who takes a shower with his daughter 
His son is a drug addict and an addiction to, to prostitutes, and he's fighting for the soul of the nation. He's a gift that keeps on giving. I don't think the American people are that stupid. Maybe we're too polite and sitting back and absorbing this and knowing where we're going to go. I, I can't imagine anyone really falling for this. Well, you know, what's interesting, you know, sometimes people have a short attention span and he wants people, you know, well, I will say, I will say even on the even on the issue yeah. of the defund, he's, the fact that he sits with a straight face and says, we have to fund the police uh, because there's elections right around the corner and I'm not doing well uh, in that area on law and order. It's like it to me, it's so transparent. But, you know, you can't assume that everybody knows the history and knows the transparency and know, you know, people don't always hear all the information. They just hear sometimes what what they're being told right now. And that's why um, it's important to call out the inconsistencies and the statements that are clearly not factual uh, by this president in so many ways. Alice, thank you very, very much. And everybody, by the way, uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the fact that Times Square is going to be designated a gun-free zone uh, beginning tomorrow as a new New York gun law goes into effect. Now, take a listen, because this comes as crime is skyrocketing. We were just talking about uh, the fact that crime is such a huge issue in this country, which is why I think the president is finally saying, oh, no, we now we have to fund the police. Uh, we never were against it. Right. Uh, but here he is yesterday talking about where he sees the solutions. And again, the Democrats only see guns, guns, guns. What about going after thugs, thugs, thugs and repeat offenders? But here is what the president had to say yesterday. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. Determined. I did it once before. And I'll do it again. And with crime skyrocketing over 30 percent in New York and other cities, by the way, even bigger. I mean, it is stunning. Mayor Eric Adams had this to say, saying that he is fighting tooth and nail. This is cut 36. And this is where Mary, Mayor Eric Adams basically said that the city will not bow to criminals, that he's going to get tough on criminals. He is going to fight tooth and nail. Uh, let's go to Ben, by the way, on line one. Let's go to Ben real quick in Brooklyn. Ben, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, Rita, thanks. Uh, great show. Appreciate everybody that's been speaking. The um, And thank your call screener for letting me come on again the second day in a row. I, I say for Eric Adams that he should, um, he should have the Bronx as a gun-free zone. And then uh, second, he should have Brooklyn as one as well. And I I, uh, I collect quotes, and on my ride home, there was a guy that uh, he had this shirt on. It said, the Second Amendment, America's original homeland security. So we need our guns. And uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I say if Eric Adams doesn't do a reduction in crime, we should recall him as they tried to recall the governor of uh, California. Number four. Um, I've seen a great movie uh, this weekend called Breaking. It's about a Marine veteran. It's a true story, and it also talks about the VA a lot. And uh, thanks a bunch for the uh, three lawyers, uh, Saul and Stan. I think Adam. 
Yeah, and, Sal, and, Sal, and, yep, yep. Sal, and, and then also uh, the, uh, was it Alan Dershowitz? Alan Dershowitz. We got yeah. it all. Ben, 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 we got it all here. This is like a full-blown show. And it's even better now that you've got your points out because those are terrific ones. Um, and you're right. Uh, let's see where it goes with this idea of a gun-free zone. I think in sensitive areas. I, I mean, I understand why they say in a place like Times Square, um, why they want to make sure uh, that people are not, you know, concealed carry necessarily in Times Square. But that's hard to do because people are driving through Times Square. People are going through Times Square. And the thing that I always have a huge problem with is that they keep going after guns and yet they seem to leave out the topic of the repeat offender or they mention it, but they don't do anything to change the system. And I'm talking about soft on crime DAs like Alvin Bragg. Uh, what about George Gascon in L.A.? I mean, there's a lot of them out there. By the way, here is Eric Adams uh, saying his comments about how New York City is going to fight back against criminals. We will not allow a city of tolerance and freedom to become an armed camp of fear and distrust. We will do all, do all that we can to keep New York the safest big city in America and a beacon of freedom for the world. And I like that idea. But you also have to fix the cycle. This comes with recent cases where we have seen people attack police officers and who have been repeat offenders, and then they end up back out on the streets. How is that fixing the system? We got to look at everything. Uh, Let's go to Norm in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm, on line three. Your thoughts, Norm. Yes, Rita. I mean, concerning Times Square, are they going to inform the criminals not to go to Times Square? Um, like they care, like that, they right, give a damn. Right, I mean, right. Yeah, that's this a is great ridiculous. point, Norm. That is a great yeah. point because, right, the, the criminals aren't following the rules anyway. You know, right? No, it's this is going to affect people, like, for example, like people who work. I don't know if you know this, but the Hasidic Jewish community, who you know, this is Diamond Central in 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 America, and. You know, a lot of them do transactions and they traverse the city all over the place. And a lot of them have carry permits. Okay, Um, what are they going to have to do now? They're going to have to go around Times Square. I mean, it's just this is this is only this this is only affecting people that care. Criminals don't care. They're illegal guns. They don't care. Are they going to set up? Are they going to set up uh, um, metal detectors now around around Times Square? I mean, the manpower to enforce this is just, uh, it's, it's unenforceable. This is just feel-good stuff. Get rid of Alvin Bragg, and uh, that'll be uh, you know, a large part to stopping crime in the city. By the way, Norm, I agree with you. You're right. If you got rid of Alvin Bragg and you sent a message right away that soft on crime is not going to be tolerated, uh, to Alvin Bragg and to some of these judges, to all these others who have been like creating this revolving door. Um, you bring up a great point. That would send a much bigger message. And guess what? The criminals, they see the headlines. They get it. They were like, uh-oh, we're in trouble now. Otherwise, they think they can just roam free because the same old system's in place. Um, and, and you just brought up the point about the jewelry district because you're right. There are a lot of businesses there uh, which sadly are getting robbed over and over again. How are you going to tell a business owner, by the way, don't carry, don't protect yourself, uh, good luck. And guess what? If they rob you, they're going to be back out on the streets probably robbing you the next day. That doesn't really sound too inspiring. 
Um, those are great points, Norm. Thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. talk tomorrow about the special master whether or not there will be one assigned the judge will probably rule tomorrow there's a big hearing that's in the trump case whether an independent arbiter will be assigned as i do believe president trump deserves also president biden addressing the nation tomorrow night fighting for the quote soul of the nation while he can't even find the soul of his shoe but that is a whole other matter And meantime, also the fact that starting tomorrow, uh, there will be, quote, a gun-free zone in sensitive areas, including Times Square, which is such a popular area. By the way, 360,000 people daily go through there, and you're going to monitor no guns. So what does that mean for those who own businesses, as Norman just eloquently expressed? one 800 848 Nine two two two. Uh, let's go to George in Oceanside. George, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. There's no point in having a carry permit right now because you can't carry anywhere. And what this is is a trap. Anybody that goes for this license is going to be audited by one of these new IRS agents. That's a great point. A That's trap. a great point. Not, right. Well, I told my friend, do not go for this license. You will be audited. But it, it, obviously, you're you're a conservative. If you go for one, if you go for this license, you're not you're not a Democrat voter. Well, the this other is a trap. Well, the other thing too is they got to do something to justify spending eighty seven billion dollars on those new IRS agents, the thousands upon thousands. They got to do something, George, right, to occupy them. Uh, but you're right; it's it, suddenly you're flagged, um, and I would not be surprised if that's the case. Let's go to Ernie. In Westchester, actually. Uh, line two, go ahead, Earn your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Uh, where'd you get that? Uh, uh, he doesn't even know where soul of his shoe is. That's a good one. Anyway. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the soul. He can't figure out the soul of his shoe, so he's going to talk about the soul of the nation. I thought it was a good one, too, Ern. It kind of exemplifies yeah. things. When was the last time you were in Times Square? Actually, about uh, four hours ago. How's that? And, really? guess, and guess what? Guess what? I ducked. Because you know what? It's a pretty scary place to be these days. And I love Times Square. There's majesty. It's fun. I want New York and every city across America to be safe and great. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.